The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. So we're so excited that you're here today. My name is Andrew, and we want to welcome you here uh, to the Grove Church Snohomish. We are one church, two locations, Grove Marysville and Grove Snohomish. Super excited if you're with us here and you're a guest checking us out for the first time. We hope you felt welcome when you came through the doors and that you were encouraged by the worship, and hopefully you'll be encouraged by the word. Um, We continue our series today calling it Lights, Camera, Action, talking about the Holy Spirit and the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And so today we're going to continue on that vein and theme. One of the cool things I'm excited about at our church, a few different things. Number one is this anchored ladies retreat coming up that my wife and Heather were on screen talking about. Just an awesome opportunity for our gals to get away, uh, away from the kids, away from the noise, away from your annoying husbands. I mean, not me, but your annoying husbands um, and have some opportunity to connect with some other gals. And so I just want to encourage you ladies, that if you're able to be a part of this, it is an awesome thing uh, for you to attend and be a part. Secondly, I've had a few different people ask me, um, what if I want to sponsor a gal to go? I saw the price and I want to give towards that. You can do that online uh, at Grove Snohomish, uh, or you can do it uh, in the offering today. You can just write it on the envelope and you want to sponsor someone. Uh, but I know I have had a few people ask that, and so I appreciate the generosity and even the willing to sponsor someone in need to go. The other cool thing I'm excited about is obviously we are a mobile church. And so we set up and tear down this environment every single Sunday. And so one of the cool things we have coming up is Baptism Sunday. But whenever we do anything as a church, we always have to determine location, location, location. So we put our heads together, tried to figure this out, and you saw it on the video, but I'm pumped about it. We are renting out to, for ourselves the Snohomish Aquatic Center for you and your family at the end of April, right after Easter Sunday. We're going to have a crazy fun pool party, and we're going to baptize as many of those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. So hopefully you'll come, hang out, have fun with your family. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time for our church, and it'll be our first baptisms as me becoming the pastor. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. So If you have a Bible, I'm going to have you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, or if you look at it on the YouVersion app, I'm going to have you open up your phone, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. As we continue this series on the Holy Spirit, let me just walk back a little bit the past several weeks. Maybe you've missed a Sunday, maybe this is your first time, just to tell you where we've been and how we get to where we're at today. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's been pretty cool to learn about the Holy Spirit. Obviously, as Christians, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And because we name the Holy Spirit the third one, sometimes we think to ourselves, well, maybe he's less important or not as important as God the Father or God the Son. But that is actually not the case. He's an incredible God that we get to serve, his presence being in our lives. And what we learned in week one is that the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the strength we need to live like Christ. That when the Spirit of God came at Pentecost, when Jesus said, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, we believe he gives us the power and the strength we need to live like Christ. We also believe in week two that the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness The empowering of the Holy Spirit primarily is boldness. And it is a boldness to be a witness to speak. 
We learned about that in week two, that although the Holy Spirit has a lot of different roles in our lives, one of the most primary ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives is gives us boldness to be a witness for Christ in our neighborhood, in our workplaces, among our family and friends, and it is that boldness to speak and to say what we believe and why we believe it. In week three, we talked about the Holy Spirit is our encouragement, that he encourages us in our faith so that we can be an encouragement to one another, that one of the roles the Holy Spirit plays in our lives is it continues to build us up and encourages us in our faith so that then we can be an encouragement to others. Last week, we had Evan speak. He did a great job talking about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, although not an always fun topic. He did an awesome job talking about how the Holy Spirit's role in our lives in terms of conviction helps expose and bring to light areas in our lives that we need to repent from and turn away from and turn towards God. And so that's where we've been in this series. Today, we've titled it Swag. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, stuff we all get, okay? Now, how many of you, by the raise of hands, you have children? Go ahead and just raise your hand for me. You got kiddos. All right, a lot of us in here, okay? I have two kids. I talk about them a lot because they're my world. I have a daughter, two daughters, Lydia, and then little June, okay? Lydia's going to be four, and June just turned 15 months. Well, When you have kids, what you realize about kids is that gifts are a really big deal to kids, okay? Presents and gifts are a big deal to to kids. I mean, they are to adults too, but especially to kids. And I have this tradition in my family that whenever I leave town and I go anywhere on a trip for work or whatever, I always get my kids gifts wherever I'm going. And so Lydia really knows this, and she kind of has this stuck in her head every time I go somewhere that I'm going to have a gift for her. And so Throughout FaceTime and on this uh, conversation with her on over FaceTime, I was in Miami in January, and uh, uh, Lydia said, when are you coming home? I was only gone for two days, but she was having a horrible time being gone. When are you going to be home? When are you going to snuggle me? When are you going to chew on my belly? And I'm like, okay, baby, I'm going to be home in a couple of days. And she's like, what are you getting me? Okay. <laughs> so it's like, she doesn't even love me for me. She just loves me for my stuff. All right. And loves me for my money, bleeding me dry. And so anyways, so she, I said, I said, Lydia, I haven't picked out your gift yet, but I will. And the next day I call her. She's like, what did you get me? You know, she's so excited. So finally, I'm in the airport, and I'm about to board my plane, and I'm literally about to come home to Washington. I'm like, oh, my word, Lydia's gift. So I went to this little, like, uh, you know, little shop or whatever there and got her a keychain and a postcard. And so I FaceTime her, you know, right before. And I said, baby, I'm, I'm going to be home soon. I'm getting on the plane. She's like, what would you get me? What is it? And I'm like, Lydia, I can't tell you. It's a surprise. And her eyes I love surprises, you know? And then, and all of a sudden, she totally humbled me and called me out. She goes, what'd you get for Junie? And I was like, I was like literally on the plane. I'm like, bye, baby. (laughs) You know? And so I got Junie nothing. Okay, that's what happens. First one's important and amazing. Everyone else you just don't care about, okay? So it's awesome. So, um, so I totally got June, absolutely nothing. But it's amazing the way kids light up with gifts, all right? I mean, I got like a dolphin keychain and a postcard. She probably carried that thing around with her for weeks. And I ended up stealing a chocolate out of our cupboard for June, okay? And Lydia, Lydia didn't know the difference. It was awesome, okay? And it's, it's super fun to see kids light up about gifts. And, 
you know, sometimes even as adults, we're this way, especially like if your love language is is gifts or, or the, you know, the, the gift of giving, or you love to receive gifts. If that's like your love language, you know, there's the five different love languages that like gifts really mean a big deal. And sometimes like even at parties and at, at, at events or even movie premieres, they, they have swag. It's, it stands for stuff we all get, bags of stuff or gifts or items and different things like that. It's so funny when you go to a kid's birthday party, I feel like all my life is, is working for the church and going to kid's birthday parties. Okay, that is my life. Anytime I go to a kid's birthday party, they do this thing now where, you know, you bring a gift for the kid, but then the birthday kid has, you know, little gift bags, little swag for all the kids, you know, when, when you leave the party. And so it's super fun to watch kids light up and be excited and love surprises. And what do you get me? And I wish, I so, so wish and pray that that was our same response to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I so wish as believers in Christ that our response and our attitude towards the gifts of the Holy Spirit was like my sweet Lydia. I wish the response of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Bible teaches is something that we'd be excited about, something we want to open, something we want to know, something where our, li- our eyes would light up and we'd be really you know, thrilled about what it was that the Holy Spirit gave me and what gift do I have and what excitement does God want to use me in and how can I be equipped for the body of Christ and what can I do for him? And I so wish this was our attitude in our hearts about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But in fact, as a Christ follower, as a pastor, in my experience, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there is more confusion, more frustration, and there tends to be one gift of all gifts that gets talked about among any other gift that's out there in the scriptures. Does anybody want to guess what that one gift is? The tongue, gift of tongues, exactly. And so today I'm going to walk through a lot of content about what the church, our church, the Grove, believes about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to walk through uh, some background a little bit to why Paul wrote about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I really hope today that this would be an encouragement for you today. I mean, I hope when you leave today, you go, man, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are incredible. I pray, I pray you walk out today going, man, I need to take a spiritual gift test. I need to figure out what God has gifted me in, and I need to figure out how I can use that to build up and edify the body of Christ. I really pray by God's Holy Spirit's power that your attitude and heart and our hearts towards these gifts would be so uplifting and so encouraging to the church. It's crazy because some believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. We even have a term for them. They're called sensationalist. In Christianity, sensationalism is the doctrine that spiritual gifts, such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing, ceased with the apostolic age, meaning certain gifts, such as the sign gifts, do not exist. There are actually churches and denominations and famous pastors and famous books and famous teachings that believe there are certain gifts, especially the signs gifts, sometimes known as the gifts that are more outward displayed, that these things ceased after the apostles died in the first century. There is another issue on the other side of that. So that's one extreme. The other issue is what I'll call hyper-charismatic, or what to say showy, where sometimes what ends up happening with the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
is that it is used either to abuse or to manipulate or to put on a show to gain attention when those gifts are being displayed. So in one camp, you have churches and people who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased and that they're no longer to be, especially the gifts that are the signs ones. You have another camp of people who actually sometimes use it in an unbiblical manner, use it in a non-orderly way, and use it ultimately to puff themselves up rather than to build up the name of Jesus and to build up his kingdom, but instead they're building up their own. Are you with me so far? At the Grove Church, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we believe that they are active in the life of believers for today. However, we also believe through what the Apostle Paul wrote, that there is a way of these gifts being displayed in the church for the building up and the edifying of believers. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12 4 through 31 here. Let's listen to what Paul has to say about one set of gifts here. He writes in verse 4, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who appropriates each one individually as he wills. Verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. Sorry here, I lost my train of thought here. But that there be no division 
in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Verse 27 of chapter 12, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you're gonna renew in our hearts today a passion, a joy, and excitement for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray today, God, more than anything, there would be such clarity, God, on why you gave these gifts, on what their purpose is for, on how you wanna still use them today. And I pray today, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, it would be your words and not mine. It would be your truth, God. And Lord, we are not here to puff up any man, but the man, Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. We thank you for it in your good name. Amen. Paul lists out some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. Let me point you to the screen here. It's just one set of lists here. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. If we go to Romans 12, 6 through 8, another list that I want to read to you today. Another different set of lists here. 12, 6 through 8 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith... If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Another list here in Romans 6, we see prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. And then one more list, just for giggles. First Peter 4 on the screen for you here. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever speaks as one who, as, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and forever. Amen. So we have three different sets of gifts and three different sets of scripture in the New Testament. Now back to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's talk a little bit about 1 Corinthians 12. The primary reason Paul wrote about the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is because certain gifts were being elevated by others and it was causing division in the church. 
the Corinthian church or the church at Corinth, we nickname them in scripture sometimes. And when we talk, they were like the party church, okay? They were getting drunk on the communion wine. They were having issues with family members and division in the church. They were having lots of problems in the body of Christ. Tons and tons of issues. And so Paul is writing the church at Corinth and Corinth to correct these issues and bring different rebukes and corrections and encouragement to them about what's going on and why this is happening. As we get to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is writing specifically about these gifts and brings up that whole, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The ear can't say to the nose, I don't need you. He's bringing all that into play because that's exactly what was happening in the body of Christ back then. Certain gifts Someone could have the gift of encouragement and the person who's got the gift of prophecy is telling the person with the gift of encouragement, I don't need you. Or somebody could have the gift of, of discernment and someone else could have the gift of serving and one, one of them is saying to the other, I don't need you. There's no place for you in the body of Christ. And this was not okay to Paul and it should not be okay for us. But yet Paul wrote about this we're talking first century, right? Almost over 2,000 years ago, wrote about one or two different gifts being elevated over another, one gaining more attraction and attention over the other, one causing someone to puff themselves up and make themselves think this is the one gift that they should have over the other, and it was causing people to feel less adequate, causing people to feel insecure, causing people to feel like less than because they didn't have this certain gift. Now, it's so fascinating to me in 2019, I've been a Christian my whole life, and yet in 2019, we still have this very problem today. Most theologians believe that the one gift that was being elevated at the church at Corinth, the one gift that was causing major problems and bringing division and causing more hurt than help was and is the gift of tongues. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that back then and today it is still the one gift that, to get, that gets the most attention, that has the bad, baddest report and problem, that tends to be used in the most improper way, and it ends up bringing confusion and division in the body of Christ. I'll never forget being a student in in youth ministry and seeing different people displaying this gift. And I'll never forget some of the conversations I had with individuals that would say to me, you know, man, I just really wish I had the gift of speaking in tongues. And if, to me, every conversation I had with that individual, it went something like this. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel God loves me enough because I don't speak in tongues. Now, is that what God wants us to feel? I don't think the heart of God is for people to compare themselves to one another and go, well, I have this gift and you have this gift. And because you have this gift, somehow you're better and God can use you more. But for giggles, let me give you a little lesson on speaking in tongues. Since this tends to be the one that's the biggest problem in church then and now. In Acts 2, at the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the Spirit of God filled the room and everybody started speaking in tongue or in tongues. 
Now, if you read and study this, this translation is the word languages. This is the first use of tongue and it's meant for missional use, missional purposes. What was happening in Acts 2 is God's spirit came and ascended down to people and there were people from Macedonian speaking the language of people who, that, who were from Nazareth. And there were people from Bethlehem speaking the language from the, and they were speaking each other's actual physical languages. It would be very similar today where a missionary decides that they're going to be a missionary to France and saying, God, I want to learn French. I want to understand it, but I struggle so much with languages and I've done Rosetta Stone and I've done Rosetta Stone and it's just not working. God, can you just pour out your presence upon me and give me the ability to speak in the language of French so I can minister to people? And God fills that person and they begin to learn supernaturally the ability to speak the language of French, when their primary language, you know, was English or whatever the case may be. This is what's happening in Acts 2. They're speaking in each other's languages, and they're understanding each other in, the, in their native tongue of what they spoke from whatever country or origin they were from. This is the first use of the speaking in tongues, and it's meant to be translated language, and it is meant for evangelical purposes, and primarily, and still today, we have heard stories, and missionaries have had this happen to them, where they wanted to learn a certain language, or a certain tribal language in a remote village, and God did something in their life, and gave them the opportunity to learn that language, to minister and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is awesome. Still see it today. The second use of speaking in tongues is the gift of speaking in tongues that we see in 1 Corinthians 12. It's interesting that in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes these words, that this tongue is one who speaks not to men, but to God. This is a private prayer language that God gives a believer as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because growing up, this gift is always seen and displayed publicly. And yet Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, this is a, 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 a gift that is meant to be prayed to God, not to men. So it's the second type of tongue, the gift of tongues that we see that individuals can have that the Holy Spirit can give them. The last one is probably the most confusing of them all, and that is the gift of tongues and interpretation. Okay, now th this one is a, a very unique one and is a little odd, I gotta be honest, how this would look. But this is what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. It says that if someone has the gift of tongues and the gifts of, gift of interpretation, well, what happened is that an individual in a, in a church setting, limited to two or three people, would, would stand in an orderly way, probably with the council of leadership, and would speak out a tongue that no one understands. This is not a language. This is not like a missionary purpose. This is not the gift of tongues. This is someone speaking out with the gift of tongues and interpretation, and they speak something that nobody understands. What ends, what ends up happening through that is someone else then has the gift of interpretation. So someone speaks this out in tongue. Someone then says the actual interpretation of what that person was praying out loud in a service. It's crazy because Paul says, number one, it should build up the church and encourage the body of Christ. 
The person that's interpreting would never open up their mouth and say, dearly beloved, you're all going to hell, you wretched sinners. That's probably not going to be uplifting and building for the church. So Paul says that this interpretation of this tongue would build up and strengthen the body of Christ. Here's what it means. It would mean that when it comes onto your ears and you hear it, you would actually feel the encouragement and the power of God's presence. If it wasn't an encouragement and it didn't build you up and it didn't strengthen you, then it's probably not something that that person should actually be saying to the body of Christ. Paul says, it should be two or three people at most, meaning order. You shouldn't have, you know, this person ranting off something, this person, ran, and now it's a competition, and now you got 10 people, and then everybody, and all 100 of us is doing it. No, 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 no. Two to three people at most, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. And then lastly, it should be interpreted by someone else who has the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And I got, I got to be honest, for the, for the individuals that have this gift, this requires a tremendous amount of boldness and faith because you want to make sure that you're hearing from God what that person is saying. I mean, that's basically what you're saying. You're interpreting on behalf of the body of Christ what that person is praying in their prayer language. And so I've never really met a person, I've met a few people that have this gift, but they don't usually talk about it like in a real, you know, outward manner. If, any, if anything, these are people very discerning and very aware of the presence of God in their life and are very in tune to what God could be saying to the body of Christ to build and strengthen it. And yes, it, it is for sure for today. Is it a little bit more out there? Can it, be, can it ruffle some feathers for people who aren't from that kind of background or have never experienced it? Sure. But just because it maybe doesn't sit well or you don't necessarily experience it or you've never had that in your past doesn't necessarily mean we just throw it out the window. Well, that one's a little bit odd or different or a little bit more of a struggle for me to really believe, so therefore it must not be true. No, no, no. We got to grapple and wrestle with even the ones that tend to be more of the sign gifts or the ones that tend to be a little bit more harder for us to understand in the body of Christ. As we wrap up today, let me finish with four different statements I want to make about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First of all, number one, if you're taking notes, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Paul teaches this very clearly in 1 Corinthians 12. He is the one that empowers believers, and he is the one that gives each one individually which gifts they have meaning this is not something from man, but from God. In fact, there's not a person in this room, including me, that has the power to pray over you for you to have a certain gift. I don't have that power in me. It actually comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. I've done a few different uh, personality tests and spiritual gift tests. So I have, I have done a lot of these over the years. I'll tell you just a few of my gifts just to kind of help you understand. This has just been part of me learning and growing and who I am as a Christ follower. Number one, primarily, I have the gift of leadership. Paul writes about it in, in Romans. The second list is the one who leads, leads with zeal or leads with passion. I am gifted to lead. 
I've been gifted to lead since I was like 14 years old. I've led mission trips. I've led small groups. I've led youth ministry. And now I get to have the opportunity and the privilege to lead a church. But I am gifted to lead. That is a gift of mine. I'm passionate. I'm filled with God's spirit. And I enjoy leading and strengthening God's people. That's just how God's, that's how God's made me. Some of you could sit here and go, dude, I hate leading. I hate working with people. I actually just hate people, okay? Well, you probably don't have the gift of leadership, okay? Right? Or the gift of mercy for that matter, okay? Right? You probably have the gift of tongues and interpretation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's so bad, but it's true. Okay, no. But, okay, so, so for me, number one, primarily gift, gift of leadership. N- number, number two, the gift of administration. I have this gift and this ability to organize and plan and make things happen. And I hate that gift because sometimes it makes me get bogged down in the details and bogged down in in all that kind of stuff. And I want to kind of be away from all the details, but it bugs me when the details aren't covered. So there's, there's all sorts of different gifts, you guys. There, There are some people in here, hear me today. There are some in here, you have the gift of hospitality. Like, you just are amazing at welcoming people in your home. Like, literally, when someone hugs you, you smell like apple pie. Like, that is your deodorant, okay? Like, you're just, you, you just smell good always, right? Your house is always neat and clean. You always have people in your home. You love hosting. You just have this atmosphere and this presence about you that just says, come to my house. Let me feed you. Let me take care of you. And it's warm and cozy and nice, right? Like some of you really today have that gift. You just love the joy of hosting and gathering people in your home. You love the sound of chatter and laughter and eating. And you love to-go boxes and Tupperware. And you just love it. And if that's you, praise God for that. Like we need people like that in the church that can do meals, that can care for people, that can bring a meal when someone's sick or the joy of having a baby. There's some in here, you have the gift of giving. I've talked about this before. Holy Spirit has literally given you the gift of generosity. You just love to give. You're like, dude, what can I do? Who can I bless? Who can I give to? I just want to give and give. I want to live off 90 and then 80 and then 7. I want to give half of my money. I just want to give it all away. I want to store up treasures in heaven. I love to give. Like you love the finance messages. You love Dave Ramsey. You're always tweeting him. You just love to give, okay? And that's awesome if you love to give. If you love to give and you give with a cheerful spirit and a cheerful heart and you do it with love and great, that is an amazing gift. What if the body of Christ said, we don't need the people with the gift of giving? I'll tell you right now, pastors would be in big trouble, okay? Like we need that gift because God uses people to bless people through giving. So some of you, you, you may have... The, the, these ones that I think are sometimes a little bit more to, harder to understand, but you, you may have the gift of wisdom. God may give you such amazing insight and wisdom on things that you know how to be able to bring a chaotic situation and, and settle in their hearts with just your presence because you have wisdom. You have a life experience. You, you've been there, you've done that, and you can share it with love what it is you've learned from it, and it's sound. 
And you're like, oh man, I needed that. You know when someone has the gift of wisdom, when everyone goes to them for advice. That's how you know they have the gift of wisdom. So, some of you, you, you may have the, the gift of knowledge. You, you may have words for people and you think, man, this is a weird one, but it's not weird. It's only weird because we don't maybe fully understand it, but you may have the, a, a gift of knowledge where you literally you could be in a worship service or at a breakfast or in your home and God gives you a word for someone. You feel like, man, I gotta share that with that person. I gotta tell them something that God, God put them on my heart and I need to speak that word of encouragement to them. I need to share with them what God said to them. And I've seen this displayed in many, many ways where someone pulls someone aside and says, hey, God just gave me a, a vision or a word or a dream about you and you were a missionary and you were doing this and you were ministering or that, or you were a doctor, you were doing, you started your own construction business or whatever. This amazing gift of giving someone a word of encouragement that can help them in their life. S- some in here may have the gift of discernment or the gift of distinguishing between spirits. This is the gift of discernment, knowing kind of the the sense in the room and going, something's off here. I don't feel good. I don't, there's something not, not right here. I'll tell you right now, my wife has this gift. She has the ability to understand and recognize things and go, no, I don't, I don't, this doesn't feel right to me. My, my gut, right? A lot, a lot of gals say this. My, my, my gut, my, my gut feeling on this is not, that's the Holy Spirit's discernment to go, this is not, I don't feel good about this or I feel good about this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts given by the Holy Spirit and they're meant, number two, for the building up and the encouragement of the church. Here's what it means. It means that you and I Every single one of us have gifts inside of us that God has given us. They are given by the Holy Spirit and they are meant to build up and encourage the body of Christ. And what that means is that you sitting in here today is by no accident. What it means is that each and every single one of you play a vital role in the life of the Grove Church and each and every one of you God wants to use to bring others to him and each and every one of you are gifted by the body of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ, for the encouragement of the body of Christ and whatever that gift is, by golly, use it to build up his church. What's interesting about these gifts is they're meant for the building up and the strengthening of the church. And what it makes me think is then, how are you using your gift? How are you using the gift God has given you to strengthen and encourage the body of Christ? Where is God calling you here at the Grove Church to use it to build his church and his name and his kingdom? Number three here, the gift of the Holy Spirit should be operated in order and not chaos. And lastly, you have gifts inside of you. A lot of times people go, I don't know what gift I have. I mean, he listed all these different things. I don't know what gift I have. There are amazing spiritual gift tests out there that can help teach you and show you what gift you have. A lot of times it's already your current passions I mean, a lot of times it has a matter of, of who you are and your personality and how you're wired. 
I mean, some in here, you, you have the gift of mercy. That This is the ability to comfort and be broken and show amazing empathy for people in need. Can I tell you right now, the gift of mercy is not going to be displayed publicly on a stage like this. It's not like you're going to see all these like bear hugs happening in front of you. And yet, because it's not seen and because we don't give it attention, we just think, oh man, all those sweet, merciful people, uh, we don't need them. But what happens if you eliminate the arm of mercy? You eliminate the heart of Christ's love and compassion for people. Why? Because there are times in life where you don't need to be taught another lesson or preached another message. You need a tissue and a hug. And there are people who have that gift in here. You're just a kind person. You just give really good hugs. Like, praise God for you. You know what I'm saying? Can we just go back just for a minute to, to Lydia's big eyes, to, to her face just going, what'd you get me? What is it? When can I have it? Man, can, can we just please, for the sake of the Holy Spirit, go back to that in our hearts once again? Going, God, what do you have for me? What have you gifted me in? When can I open it? How can I use it? How can I share it? I love what Lydia said to me on the way home on the plane. All right, before we took off, hey, what'd you get for Junie? It makes me think, hey, what does my fellow brother and sister in Christ have? What did God gift them in that's different than me? What did God give them that I don't have? And how can we use that for his glory and his good? Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you, God. I think you did it. I think by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, you, you encouraged us that these gifts are for today. God, you encourage us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we can be used by you. God, you encourage us today that these gifts are for the building up and the strengthening of your church today. And I pray today our hearts would drop comparisons. We would not try to elevate one over the other. We would not try to, to create a chaotic or, or, or situation in our lives or our church where we think, God, one is better than the other. No, God, we need the gift of mercy. We need the gift of prophecy. We need the gift of discernment. We need the gift of generosity. We need the gift of serving. We need the gift of speaking. We need the gift of words of knowledge. We need the gift of prophecy and tongue. We need the gift of interpretation of tongue. We need the gift of healing. There's not one gift we don't need in your body today, God. And I pray our hearts would grow to discovering and finding who we are, how we are wired, how we are gifted. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.